ready for the word today all right let's get into the word amen we started a message last week uh, for the month of November we started a series called spread the ops exposing the schemes of the kingdom of darkness and I believe this is going to help you in your life and I know it's going to help us as a church and if you don't know what the ops is well it's another term for the opposition okay I know it comes out of gang lifestyle watch out watch out for the ops but we're going to spread the ops. Amen. What that what I mean by that is we're going to take out some demons out of our lives. Can we do that? Amen. Can we remove some king, some some darkness out of our lives? Amen. And so we're going to spread them out. We're going to we're going to expose some of the schemes of the kingdom of darkness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for what you've done for us. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that saves us and sets us free. I thank you for every person that is here today that I believe you brought to hear this message because in this message is a prophetic key that they need in their situation right now. And Father, we just thank you that this word will go forth and bring deliverance and bring change in our atmosphere, in our church, in families, in every person that will grasp it. We give you all the glory and honor. And everybody said... Amen. Okay. All right. So just to give you a quick review from last week, we talked about as we as we got into this, the importance of unity in the body. And we looked at John chapter 17, where Jesus was about to leave the earth, his last his last moment to pray for us. And it actually mentions I don't only pray this for my disciples, but the ones that are to come, the ones that will believe my message. And he prayed this over you and I here in 2023 in South Sacramento. He prayed this prayer and the prayer was this. It wasn't that we would be more anointed. It wasn't that we would have more riches. It wasn't this or that. His number one thing in the last prayer that he prays over his disciples and us is he prays that we would be united as one. The last thing he prays. Now, if that kind of blows my mind a little bit, but it also shows me that the kingdom of God doesn't work like the kingdom of darkness. And in the kingdom of God, unity is of the utmost importance. Can I get an amen on that? Unity is important in marriage. Unity is important in family. Unity is important on the job. Unity is important in your business. Unity is important in the community. Unity is important in the church. And the last thing Jesus prays before he leaves is, God, let them be in unity like we are. And so what he does is he prays for our protection against the ops, 
against the opposition. Now, uh, what I mean by that is, is he's speaking and he's praying for unity. He's asking God to protect us and make us unified. But he's praying that the ops, the enemy, doesn't come in because the number one scheme of the enemy is to bring division. And so we talked about this last week, that in the kingdom of darkness, we all love division. In the kingdom of darkness, the world loves division. Some of y'all back in high school, you lived off division. You were the one saying, you going to let him talk to you like that? You going to let him do you like that? If that was me, I would punch him in the... See, see, because we used to feed on fights. We would feed on division. We would feed on it. Because division equals drama. And you could save the drama for your mama. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry, I got... My... Security, security, take care of me, okay? Somebody didn't like that in the chair. Oh, don't be talking about my mama. But here's the point I made last week, that in the kingdom of God, division's a part of how we do life. You don't believe me? Spend 10 minutes on social media. And there are media influencers that are on there making money just to cause division. That's all they do. There's so-called Christian people on social media, blasting other preachers, other Christians, because of things that have gone on there. And you know all they're doing? Stirring division. See, they need this teaching because if they understood what division is and they understood the kingdom way is unity, they would understand that if you're stirring division, and you need to catch this today, if you're stirring up division, you're not working for God. You're working for the devil. Now, I need you to catch the weight of this because some of you have lived this way your entire lives. You love to stir up division. You've caused much chaos in your families because you're the one thea, come on, that always wants to point out the problems with the other people in your family. You're that one thea that's got an opinion about everything. You're that one Theo, because I can't just pick on the ladies. Come on, amen. Because Theo's be doing it too. That wants to point out everything wrong with everybody else in the family. And what you need to know is when you do that, you have left the sight of God. And you're over here siding with the ops. Some of you got to understand that we have a decision to make. If you're going to serve Jesus, you can no longer be a stir up of division. You don't get to do that anymore because God hates division. And what he loves is unity. And the goal of God is that we would be uniters and not dividers. Can I get an amen on that? And so uh, and, and, and you got to understand why, because unity brings God's glory and it testifies of God. It brings God's glory into your marriage when you and your wife are united. It brings glory into God's, into your family when you are your, and your family are united. 
But when y'all just fighting all the time, none of the siblings can get along. Come on, somebody. You're just mad. This person's mad at that person. This person's mad because of this. And you got haters in the family. Come on, somebody. Amen. They mad because your wife is finer than all the other wives in the family. Come on. They mad because your man look better than their broke down men in the family. Come on. And they're going to hate on you. And they're mad because you make more money than them. Come on. Amen. They mad because you got a career and they got a job. Come on. I'm just saying all this stuff goes on and we allow it to divide us instead of unite us. Now, I'm just saying you got a decision to make because I need to put you on notice today. You don't get to be a Christian and be a divider. I know there are people that say they're Christians and are dividers. But division goes against everything that the kingdom is about. And I'm going to prove it to you through the word of God because it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the word says. That's right. Because if it was up to me, I wouldn't have unity so high on the list. And the reason I wouldn't is because unity is high. But God is not me. He's not a man. He says, no, 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 no. The goal is unity. Yeah. The goal is Unity. And so we've got to look at look at that. Now, if you didn't get last week's message, I implore you, I beg you to go on and listen to that. Okay, and even if you were here, go on the podcast and listen to that again, because it could save your life. All right. And so let's look at uh, what what unity represents and what and why division is so demonic. Division is so demonic because we looked at Satan's actual name in the Greek. The, the word devil is, deri- is derived from a Greek word called diavolos, okay? Diavolos, diavolos, all right? Not avalos, because I know we probably got some avaloses in here, and I don't want to upset you. I hope we ain't got no diavoloses in here, amen? That's not a good last name. Change that right away, all right? Because what it means is division, divider. That's what the, devil, the word devil means, to split or divide. Now, Satan's going to try. Any place Satan is, he's going to bring division. So if Satan's in your marriage, you don't stand a chance. If Satan's in your family, that family's going to be divided. So here's what the goal is. Let's get Satan out of you. Tell your neighbor, let's get the devil out of you. Now, if they got mad, they probably have a devil. Because you shouldn't get mad at that. It should be like, amen, if it's in me, get it out of me. But if they're like, shut up, you got a devil. They they probably got a devil. Ooh, you touched something right there. Because see, if there's a devil there, it's going to bring division. Amen? Are you getting anything out of this? So let me prove it to you. Satan tried to split heaven. Y'all remember that? He took a third of the angels. Jesus said, nope, cast them out like lightning. Boom. That revolt, that war that we like to say there was a war in heaven lasted 1.3 seconds. That's it. Jesus, God said, nope, bam, casted him out. But he still took a third of the angels. See, it's what Satan does. Then Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're united with God. What does the serpent come in and do? They divide Adam and Eve from God's word. 
divide Adam from Eve, um, divide Eve from Adam's leadership. And then guess what happened? They were divided from the garden because they needed to be cast out too. And you know why it needs to be cast out? And you need to hear this because division cannot be tolerated. There are people that need to be cast out the church. And when you read the New Testament, Paul did it all the time. All the time. And in, in our society, we would go, oh, that's terrible. How can the church cast people out? We should love everybody. Well, we do love everybody. But the Bible says this, protect unity. Got two amens on that one because I know we don't grasp it. And that's why I'm teaching this to you because the kingdom don't work like the world. Amen. And so we even see it further as, as you go on down, down the Bible, you'll see everything Satan was in. He divided. So now Adam and Eve have sons, Cain and Abel. What does Satan come in and do? He divides them. So much so that Cain murders Abel. What was the murder over? Worship. It wasn't over something demonic. Division came to two worshipers. One was worshiping like God instructed. The other was worshiping the way they felt. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You feelers out there. Well, I feel I don't like praise and worship to go so long. I feel we don't need, Pastor, you talk too much about the offering in this church. You're always talking about, I feel, it doesn't matter what you feel. Come on. Yeah. Take you back to the attitude era right there. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what the word of God says because even with Cain and Abel who are worshiping God Satan was able to enter two worshipers and cause one worshiper to kill another worshiper so this ain't a demonic worldly thing it exists in the church and so what I'm trying to teach you today is how to avoid this spirit amen so, so, so let's, let's look at this. Now, Genesis chapter 11, 5 and 6, I want to prove to you why unity is so important in your home, in your marriage, in your life, and of course in the church. Genesis 5, I'm sorry, Genesis 11, 5 and 6. I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says this, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Now, this is talking about the Tower of Babel. Look what it says. And look, he said, the people are united. And they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Wow. The moral of the story, unity makes the impossible possible. You didn't catch that. Unity makes the impossible possible. Now, I need you to catch this so that you can see what the ops is doing in your life, especially you married people. Satan is going to work real hard against you married people. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you are united, unity makes what's impossible possible. We'll never be able to own a home in this economy. 
Unity makes what is impossible possible. It's so hard to raise a family in today's day and age and in South Sacramento. Unity makes the impossible possible. Single people, I ain't leaving you out. Smile at me because y'all got depressed. That's why I need to get married, God. You hearing this? Single people, this is why you got to stop dating people who you have nothing in common with. The only thing you have in common with them is attraction. You got to date somebody you are unified with. So when I was looking for a wife, I needed somebody to be in unity with the call of God, with the love of God. My love for God. We got to love God together. We got to love God's house together. I can't be pulling you to church. We can't have this conversation Saturday. Are we going to church tomorrow? Because I really don't feel like it. (laughs) So when I was picking a wife, uh uh-uh, ain't ain't no room for that. We got to be in unity. So I'd made sure when we was dating, and she'll tell you this, I was spitting my game one day. She worked in the church, right? She was at the front there. And I was up there on, I was up there on a typewriter. I know, I'm going, taking y'all back. I'm old school. And I had a piece of paper in there, and she goes, why aren't you typing in your room? Oh, this typewriter works better, baby. This one works better. I didn't call it baby, but... I said, this one works better. So I was up here typing nothing. (laughs) We're just talking, getting to know each other. And she goes, excuse me, I got to go take care of something over there. I said, okay, go right ahead. And she went out, and I looked back, and I saw she left her Bible there. I said, okay, I need somebody that loves God's word like I do. So I cracked open that word. I cracked open that word. And I started going through the word because you know what I was looking for? Is it marked up? Is anything highlighted? Or are books of the Bible stuck together? (laughs) And you know what I found? It was marked up. There were notes in it from the sermon on Sunday. I said, okay. We got something here. My point, singles, is this. The key is unity. Why would you date somebody that shares none of your values? If you do that, you are destined to be tied to somebody that you'll never be in unity with. And heartache will follow you. Because unity makes the impossible possible. So I know you've been waiting a long time. And you want to know why? Because good things come, hey, to those who wait. Amen? Junk comes to people that want it now. The choice is yours. Amen. Are are you tracking with me, though? Wow. 
Unity makes the impossible possible. Let's keep going. Psalms 133, one through three. It says this, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for where the Lord for there. Here it is. The Lord commands the blessing. Life forevermore. So I want you to write this point down. Unity brings the commanded blessing. Unity brings the commanded blessing upon your life. So married couples, you got to quit fighting. Well, let, 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 me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Because some fights are good. Did y'all know that? Three people knew it, then I need to talk about it then. Some fights are good. Some fights are healthy. I'm not talking about physical fights, y'all. Some of y'all, your mind went there. You mean it's good that she slapped me in my face? No, 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 no. That's not good. Arguments. Let's change that word because some of y'all got, you went on tilt, triggered you in a way. <laughs> no, listen, some arguments are good and arguments are healthy. But when all you do is argue, you know what you're doing? The enemy is coming and he's dividing you and he's bringing, he's bringing disunity. Why? Why is he after this? Because unity is what brings the impossible possible, but it also brings the commanded blessing. Remember how we were talking about activating the covenant during tithes and offerings? Unity activates the blessing in our lives. And so the struggle always needs to be that we keep the unity. Now, I got a lot to say about this because some of you are hearing this a certain way. And I don't want you to hear it like that. What I'm not saying is for you to just allow somebody to walk all over you for the sake of unity. That's called an Ahab spirit. And I'll talk about that in the weeks to come. Because, see, the problem with a lot of men. Can I talk to the men real quick? Oh, men were down. I like that response. Men was like, bring it. I did that to the women the last week and y'all were like, nah, pastor, we good. Don't talk to us today. But the men wanted. Okay, so here, let me talk to the men for a minute. What, I, what you are not hearing me say is be passive for the sake of unity. Because then you're in Ahab. Come on. Well, pastor, I just don't want to argue with my wife. So whatever she says goes. That's not good. And that's not what I'm preaching. Because that's an Ahab spirit. And an Ahab spirit always is linked to a Jezebel spirit. And a Jezebel spirit is a controlling, dividing, hurtful spirit. And the church said. Amen. So when I say the goal is unity, the goal is to find unity through peacemaking, not peacekeeping. Peacemaking will have a discussion to get on the same page. Passivity says, whatever my wife wants, however she wants to do it, because I ain't trying to have a fight tonight. Now listen, I get it. I get it. Right? But you still have a position to play in your home. Amen? Amen. 
Now, ladies, can I talk to the ladies? There we go. You you showed up today. All right. Now, ladies, see, you got to understand the goal is not always to get your way. And how do we learn that? Well, sometimes because ladies are more emotional beings, we are we can tend to emotionally manipulate if we're not careful. So when I don't get my way, I yell, I get angry, I make everybody in the house pay. Can I tell you what you're acting like when you do that? A Jezebel spirit that wants to control through emotional manipulation. And so what will begin to happen is if you're not careful, you will cause your man to be passive. And in his passivity, he comes under an Ahab spirit. And in his Ahab spirit, he lets go of what God's told him to do. He lets go of being the leader and he starts being a follower. And it's not because your man is bad. You wore him out through your anger, through your outbursts, through all this junk. And now what you have now, here's the thing. You, here's why I'm talking about this, because now when this exists in your home, you'll never have true unity. You'll only have false unity. To where it looks like you and mama are on the same page, but you're dead inside. It looks like you, you're in agreement about your son and the way he's being raised. Or you're you, it looks all good like, yeah, we're in this together. But on the inside, you're dying. Now, it's false unity. And with false unity... There's no commanded blessing and impossible things will stay impossible. And that's when life begins to be a struggle. That's when you got God, you're a giver, you're doing all this stuff, but there's no commanded blessing and you're not, you're not moving mountains with your faith. You're not, you're not doing anything. So, so here's what I'm saying. We have to value unity and be peacemakers which means this, we're not on the same page. So what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to communicate. We're going to need to argue respectfully. Oh, are you, are you getting anything out of this today? Because, see, I'm trying to get this, this understanding in your heart. Now, what complicates this process is our experiences especially with this generation. What complicates unity between two people are, is something called triggers. Have you heard that term before? What complicates the ability to connect with other people is another word that we've learned a lot about in the last 10 years. Emotional trauma. Are you getting this today? And so these two things can keep you from being able to process information properly, especially in the context of relating with somebody else. And so when you don't get your way, you fly off the handle. When things don't work out for you, you can't take it. Oh, here's a big one. When somebody hurts you, and it reminds you of the trauma that you experienced and were hurt. You lose control. And so guess what begins to happen? 
unity becomes very hard to come by. Now, this is where we need God to step in. Amen? Because trauma is not greater than God. Triggers are not greater than God. We need new triggers. Come on. We need a trigger that when praise starts up, I'm triggered to worship God today. Amen? We need problem to trigger faith. Oh, we don't have money. Pooh, yes, we do. God will supply all our needs. We need new triggers. But see, what you've got to understand is this. This is, this is what I need you to catch in all of this. Some of you aren't doing the work to overcome your traumas. Some of you are not doing the work to get emotionally healthy. And let me tell you something. It's work. It's work. You got to do the work. You got to go to church. You got to take notes. You got to lift your hands. You got to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to learn how to pray in other tongues. Oh, I, just, I, I just don't like that part right there. <laughs> because you're not desperate enough. When you're desperate, you're like, God, whatever. And see, you're not desperate enough because you don't think your sins are that bad. I could say it another way. You think your stuff don't stink. Some of y'all remember that saying. You think your dude, you smell like roses. <laughs> But everybody around you will tell you, your doo-doo stink. <laughs> and you need to do something about it. But you're like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm okay. I don't need that. I just, you know, I'm not going that far with God. Because, see, you think you don't need to change. The trauma, the stuff in your life has become so normal, you think, well, this is just the way I am. No. You need deliverance. You need counsel. You need therapy. Now, here's the big thing. I say those words to somebody like, oh, no, I don't. It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. And I'll tell you why it wouldn't hurt. Because some of us have been through some stuff. Some of us have been through some stuff and you're taking it way too lightly. Now, praise God. Praise God. You're not worse. Praise God. Like, let uh, me just, I'm just gonna say it. I, I don't know how a woman gets over a rape. But many of you in this room, you have pressed through. You've become a functional adult. You have a family. You're a mom. You have a husband. You, you, you've done great. But, but could it be that there's more to unravel? That there's more to deal with so that you can experience true unity and connection with somebody. Fellas, you, you've, you've done amazing work, but, but you didn't have a dad, or you had a dad that abused you. And, and man, you, 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 man, you've made something out of your life. But could it be that you could use some therapy because you've never really talked about the pain of not having a dad be there for you? You've never really just kind of went, let me go there with somebody. 
See, the Bible understands this. This is why it says confess your faults one to another. Because there's something to talking about stuff with the right person. Some of y'all have been talking about stuff with the wrong people. Quit telling your tia stuff. That's a word for somebody here. Stop it. Quit telling your coworkers things that they can't help you with. Man, I feel this so strong. Some of you, the Holy Spirit's been like therapy, therapy, therapy. And y'all be like, I'll get to it. It costs too much money. It costs too much money. Now, you want to know what costs too much money? Tattoos. All my tattoo people, say something to me, because you know they ain't cheap. (laughs) They ain't cheap. But you got those. You got those. Do, Do we need to go down the list of what ain't cheap? Listen, because we'll touch what your thing is, right? But this is my point. The thing that keeps us from unity is usually us. Churches have been split by people that never dealt with their trauma. And they think it's okay to divide. And you know why they think that? Because they don't read the Bible. Let me give you a couple other verses and I'm done. You don't believe me. That's why I brought George up here, you know, so you know. All right. Let, let me just read this to you from 1 Corinthians 1.10. Now, I plead with you, brethren. This is Paul writing. I plead with you. Such strong language. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's, he starts naming folks, okay? By those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. But is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. The point is, the early apostles, again, let's keep division out of our lives. Let's keep division out of the church. I want you to write this down. Division is a serious crime against God. It's a serious crime against God. I don't have time to get into it, but read it on your own in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 6, 19 says, God hates the sin of division. It's a serious crime against God. God don't like it when you bring division at work. He hates it. He don't like you talking bad about your boss. 
I know everybody gets a kick out of it and they laugh, but they're not sons of God like you are. God don't like it. So stop. Stop being the one causing division at your family's gatherings this Thanksgiving. If you don't like something, close your mouth. Shut it. Why? Because God hates division. And you may say something to your cousin that causes him not to like your tia. You may say something to your uncle that causes him to look bad at your cousin. God hates division. He hates it at your family. He hates it at your job. And I need to tell you something. He hates it in church. This is why gossip has has done the most harm against Christianity. I'll get into that in the weeks to come. Let me just leave you with this scripture, Ephesians 4, 1 and 3. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Here he is again. I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you that y'all stay in unity. Mom, why are you so negative? Mom, listen, some of the stuff you be saying divides people. You have a decision to make today, Mom. Am I going to be a uniter? that works for Jesus or am I going to be a divider that works for the enemy dad you got a problem with everybody nobody's good enough you leave church and just talk bad about folks you got a decision to make today dad you're going to keep your opinion to yourself and fight for unity you're going to walk out of here a divider, a diabolos, working for the devil. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.